Alright. I don't know, man. Lately, I've just been thinking about giving up writing and finding a new career. Like, uh, easier one. Well, if it makes you feel any better, not only writing, have, have I been thinking about just giving up? I just give up on everything. Like, I've been to the point where I'm just like, I'm the, I just live under a bridge. Just I'm under gonna, a bridge? I'll just be a bridge person now. That might be okay. Depends where you live. I mean, no, no, not under the bridge, but like what state or country you're living under the bridge in. I would say a good bridge state would be Florida's kind of hot. Everything's flat. Do they even have bridges? Their bridges would be all marshy underneath. Yeah. California, that's, that's. Well, kind of with a, like, California, too many homeless. Yeah, that's where you want to go to be homeless. That's the, uh. Hawaii, maybe? How, how the do fuck you do you get, get that? Yeah, how do you get Swim? that? Swim, I don't know. You just wash up. Now, now hear me out on this. Maybe we should just become rappers. Rappers? Don't need much writing talent for yeah, that. Yeah. Or skill. Or skill. Probably not even much in the way of sound production. You just need to be able to pay like the producer to put out a good beat and then you just like mumble some shit over it. And then he uh I don't know, slap some shit together. Sounds good. There's some auto tune. Yeah. I wish we had auto tune so that would work. I don't know how to I try not to touch most things in the effects on, on here. Kind of fuck shit up. There's a reverb button. I could hit that over and over again. What's that do? Reverb. Yes. I don't know, like echo or something. Well, I said, yeah, what did we talk about using it at the beginning of an episode one time? I tried and it like, f- I did it wrong. So it was just like, <laughs> like, it just kept making all these fucked up noises. So I just went with the pitch change and I found that was easier. Ooh, we're talking about sci-fi today. Sci-fi. Yeah, let's get into this bitch. Hey there, friends. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me, as always, Spencer. The Saskatchewan Sasquatch Church. Yeah. yeah. Literally just made that up. Yeah. Yay, I don't even know yeah. what that means. Where is this at? Saskatchewan. Isn't that, um... Somewhere cold. Yeah. Uh, it's not Canada, right? Or is it, uh, like, over... That's Scandinavia. No, not Scandinavia. Sask- Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's... that's by, up by Maine, I think. Yeah, okay. Or am I thinking of Nova Scotia? You no, know what? no, Nova Scotia's, like, over, like, by, like... No, Russia, no, 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 no. You're thinking of Siberia. Oh, maybe. No, Nova Scotia is like off of Maine, I think. And then you have Saskatchewan, which I think is near there. It's all Canadian. I don't <laughs> fucking... We love you, Canadian listener, if there's one left. I don't think they... they uh, I don't think the Canadians care for our brand of humor so much. But them cheeky Brits do. Yeah. 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 All right, today we're talking sci-fi and how to write a sci-fi novel in seven easy steps. Um, we are on IO9? What the fuck is that? Or is it Gizmodo? The fuck? Where did I get this article from? I thought... It says IO9. We come from the future, but I think it said Gizmodo in the uh, link I clicked on. Yeah, the, that's what it says at the top of the screen. Same it's brand, Giz- same company? Giz- I don't know. This article was written in 2014 by one Max Barry. I'm sorry, but my name's Max. I'm going Powers. Right. Like if you can pick a pseudonym, I'm Max Powers. Homer Simpson is straight up. Oh, shout out to Max Berry. He got a book. Again, this is 2014, so he might have been more accomplished or less accomplished by now. I don't know. But Max Berry got a book called Lexicon. 
It was voted the fourth best science fiction novel of the year by Goodreads. That's pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot of sci-fi novels on there, so this guy might know what the fudge he's talking about. Though I will say that artwork is a little... It's a lady that kind of looks like a dude with a nice rack. And there's like a goblin under some like moons and stars and planets and shit. So that looks like a werewolf sci-fi. I don't know. Well, let's jump into this mofo. I don't know if I like this article already. Step one seems like a no-brainer. Step one, have an idea. Great sci-fi begins with an idea. Unfortunately, as people will tell you, all the good ideas were taken long ago. How true. Yeah. Unless you're on the drugs and you might come (laughs) up with some original ideas. But that's only true if you believe ideas are indivisible, like a guy goes on a journey and experiences personal change. Covers everything from Moby Dick to me visiting the bathroom. Again, this is Max Perry, not me. I don't use the bathroom. I don't have a bunghole because I am a half robot. Half robot. Half robot. Actually, it's the top half of this robot. (laughs) Not the voice, though, obviously. No. I wasn't blessed with the good robot voice. In fact, ideas are totally divisible. There's no idea that you can't make new by filtering it through your brain. Before I read the rest of this, maybe let's dive into that topic real quick. I'm thinking uh, Abraham Lincoln versus vampires. Yeah, I mean, um, especially with the genre of like sci-fi, is real good with taking different ideas and turning them on their head and and um, doing something new with them because you um, you're able to whenever you get into like the advanced technology and futuristic aspects of things and where. Um, you know, human civilization might be in the future, or just even like a new kind of tech shows up. That uh, it gives you a lot of room to play and uh, come up with things if done correctly. I think too that when it comes to any genre you're writing in, and it works in sci-fi just as well. If you just take like an amalgamation of ideas that are already out there, you know, just combine them into things, you can create all kinds of stuff. You can have, you know, your sci-fi story, maybe you're going more classical, like a Dune, but then you can throw in fucking werewolves or something. Yeah. Like, it's so easy that that's why I get so angry when I see the same story over and over. Your Hunger Games and Divergence and the yeah. same, well, we covered that in the last episode, but just the same ideas being used, but there's not much variant on them. Like, instead of, uh, I mean, for instance, okay, you have Outer Space Story you know, different planets and stuff. A lot of, in a lot of these sci-fi stories, the only thing that's different are the names and the planets. Yeah. Like, there's not really much difference to that story versus another fucking random sci-fi novel. You know, one thing that always, um, gets me, and then this might get brought up later, but since, uh, but, uh, one thing that does bother me about sci-fi is when everything's humanoid. That always annoyed me because... I mean, granted, I don't write sci-fi, but if I was, especially heavy sci-fi, why can't you... I mean, I guess this goes back to the old Star Trek TV show, is because it's a lot easier to make a humanoid-looking creature, back then especially, than it is to make a blob monster or, you know, a gas alien, that could like a sentient gas being or something. But why in these stories don't you get a lot of that? Why is it... Is it like the same reason why in a lot of novels everybody speaks English or just yeah. whatever language like they don't specify? 
Just a, a, a combined language, like a unified language everyone speaks. You know uh, who handled that very well, and it wasn't even supposed to be really hardcore science or science fiction? Douglas, what was it? Uh, Douglas Arthur, the Hitchhiker's Guide? Oh, yeah. Douglas Adams, sorry. Yeah, Douglas Adams, you know, he had humanoid creatures and stuff. If one, he created the babble fish, which goes in your ear so you can hear all the, you know, understand all the other languages. Awesome way to get around yeah. that. Two, you had creatures that weren't just your typical humanoid aliens. They had all kinds of different looking things. And um, I think just, the you know, the handling of that, again, like you said, in a lot of novels, though, why do why, why do we follow the same formula? You don't have to. Especially novels, because, like, uh, even like you said, like, even like, um, like Star Wars, even with, like, newer Star Wars, it's going to be easier to have... These aliens that have two legs, two arms. Why is everybody a bipedal humanoid? Yeah. Um, But in the novels and stuff like that, you are able to, like, literally, the only thing that is in your way is is your imagination. And your uh, ability to come up with clever ideas for, like, with the babblefish. Like, there's a lot of challenges you have to overcome, but... That's the challenges that coming up with like new clever ways that that whenever you reveal the readers like oh that I like yeah. that that makes sense or that's pretty cool. Slightly off topic, were there any aliens or humanoid creatures that were stormtroopers? Because I remember it was a big deal when we had a black stormtrooper. I'd imagine an alien stormtrooper would even be more rare, but I, I'm not as, too familiar with I the mean, Star Wars as universe. As far as I know, they're just all. Like people, because well, there was the clones. There were a lot of them were clones. True, that makes sense. Um, but again, like I'm not the Star Wars guy. I I enjoy the movies, but like I don't dive into like all like the comics and the books when they were putting them out and stuff like that. Star Wars, I would say, is more fantasy than sci-fi, even though it's set in space. Yeah, you know, it's sword well, it's, fighting. It's a space opera. Princes and yeah, it's a space opera. Well, yeah, that's I guess that's another version of sci-fi. Well, uh, that's one thing we'll have to do. That's going to have to be a whole another episode of like dissecting Star Wars and everything that George Lucas took from different things. Oh, there's to, a lot to make that 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 we might. That's going to be a stop. But that that that's to keep you guys listening. And later on, we'll have to do we'll have to do that episode. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll have to write that down. Do you think uh, Dune was a space opera then? Because that was more about politics than anything i mean it was sci-fi because it you know different planets and flying in space and shit but it was very i only watched like the one movie like that's not a good judge forever ago so um, but even that came off as kind of fantasy or something probably i would you actually read what just the the first book i just read the first book and uh it was very excellent i just it was one of those ones like if i go down that wormhole I'm reading Dune for like three years. Yeah, literally. I guess uh, we're asking too many questions here. Let's dive on back into this article. Um, finishing so, up on this, or you have something? I, no, I was just, just going to say, sum up, come okay. up with yeah. a cool, interesting, you know, idea. Well, to- just finishing his uh, his first step. The way to tell whether an idea is good is to see if it makes you feel like writing about it. There are no other criteria. I know that sounds trite. But it's true. Many people have great sounding ideas for books, but never write them. That means they are bad. The ideas, not the people. The people are probably bad. Okay, I'm going to cut that short. Um, So if you don't tell the idea, you know, don't put your idea out there, it's automatically a bad idea. Mm, There's some people I wish they didn't put the idea out there too. But you know what? You never know what's going to hit. 
if you're a good enough writer, like a Stephen King, I mean, he's proven you can fucking write a, a story about killer cars. Yeah. Like, if you have a good enough idea, you can put it out there. Sci-fi is no different. Oh, he's got more on this one. This Max Berry gentleman throws some notes on the end of these, too. Okay. Note one. If your idea involves parallel universes, now proceed to all steps simultaneously. Okay. Note two. If your idea involves time travel, follow steps in the order of your choice, taking care not to invalidate any future step relative... Okay, that's also nonsense. We're not diving too deep in your art art words. They're hard (laughs) to say. In your collection of of, of letters. Dude, I did a... uh, I decided to start doing like a story cast episode every once in a while when we don't have the drunken bullshit episodes. So I pick in stories from drunken pen writing and just reading them. Yeah. And, you know, recording them. And they're only like, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. Well, the first, I did the first one yesterday as a test. And it was uh, Ashley Hatter's uh, World, An Ocean the World Ignored that he's, he, we published that like a couple weeks ago or something. Well, he had this line of, uh, pros in there that was just like a list of things on tv you know you talk about your uh diet ads and shit but he listed them all out real fast so i read it fast and he got to this one it was about celebrities and the what the capitulating like he did uh celebrities celebrating celebrities doing something they're all like c words and celebrities capitulating i and it was like near like the middle of that big paragraph I fucked that up so many times <laughs> trying to say that fucking celebrity. I kept saying like celebrities or celebrities or like I was saying all these weird fucking words. I couldn't even get to the capitulating because like my mind was so focused on saying that word right because I never even read that word. I don't think, let alone yeah. pronounce it. <laughs> oh man! All right, step two: have a situation. No fucking way. Who would have thunk it, Mister Max Barry? I feel like if I knew that guy, I would insult him all the time without Barry. just Barry. Like like the Flash, you're yeah. you're Barry. Fuck you, Barry. It's like one of those names. You don't Dingleberry. Want to... mm. Just calling him Dingleberry all the time. Dingleberry. All right. Some ideas sound like good stories, but aren't. And so I've had those. Ugh. Oh, that's a fucking awesome idea. Start to write. Uh, this is not. Can't write about it. May I find? Or at least I can't. Maybe a better writer <laughs> than I can. But I find a lot of times in my fiction, my story would be better suited for a medium like movies. Like, yeah. I find that the idea is like, oh, wait, this is, or even comics, maybe. Like, this should be a visual yeah. type of story. And then I have to switch gears, and I usually abandon those. And I, it sucks because the ideas are usually pretty good. Yeah, because a lot of time whenever I'm, like, thinking of a story, I think it very visually and not on how that would play out in words. How to uh, translate your visual elements to what the reader would yeah. get. Like, it's hard. Which is, I guess, why, because you have the reverse of that is like H.P. Lovecraft, where. You can't tell his stories visually. Yeah. That's why his like movies based on his work are so usually don't do well or very hard to translate because his writing style is it's vague in the parts where in the movie that would be the main thing like the monster. If you don't show the monster but you describe it in a way that's impossible to fucking imagine, how are you supposed to put that yeah. in the movie? In science fiction, it's possible to rein an ill-fitting idea into a story the same way it's possible to force a cat into a little tuxedo, but it takes the same amount of effort and the result is just as awkward. When an idea feels enticing but won't come out, like a cat under the sofa who's gotten wind that you want to put it in a little tuxedo, it's because you have a concept but not a situation. Stories about change. A story... Who the fuck is blowing me up? Jesus. Sorry, folks. I'm famous. 
A story that has no change in it or the threat of change is a painting and stories that aren't about people and are landscape paintings. So you need to find the situation inside your idea. That's the part of the concept that impacts specific people and causes change to or around them. So some ideas don't work in the situation presented, I guess. I would say, uh, I guess this would be more of a problem with uh, pantsers and outliners. Because I feel like if you outline this, you're going to have the situation kind of played out. So you're not going to get stuck. Yeah. You're not going to, like your idea isn't going to clash with the situation that would bring that idea out. And I, and I think uh, like that also, um, you don't want to f- try to force something that doesn't feel right. Because I think that's a, a trope too with um, uh, sci-fi is um, trying to take um, whatever um, thing is um, like popular or what is like people like say you have like this really douchey president and then in the future, whatever place is being run by this dictator asshole like you you did like the themes and stuff i i do think that sci-fi i don't know if this is purposeful or not but it seems that it lends itself very well to politics yeah sci-fi stories um they always seem to be parallel to what like you said what's going on in the world maybe if you had a douchey president for instance they always have a character like that and i don't know if it's by choice on the writer, or they're just telling a story that would have, like, the worst kind of situation. You know, you're going to have a president, or uh, The Expanse is a good one. They have, like, the UN. Yeah. They kind of rule everything, but they're trying to start, like, a fight with Mars, or you have corruption. But is that – I don't know if that's necessarily because of uh, – they're taking that from real-world issues we have now, or it's just that's a natural True. way to tell a sci-fi story. Yeah, that's, that's just a, a – a normal foil to have in a, you know, a wrinkle to have in a story to, to, to create drama and friction between the characters. Well, as we were talking off air, neither of us have dived too hard into sci-fi. Like our reading, I definitely wouldn't say I've read anything that I would consider it hard sci-fi, but we both read Andy Weir's last two yeah. books. I think he only has two books. You know, The Martian was more, I would say that's probably more of a hard sci-fi but I don't think it was written like a hard sci-fi necessarily. And then uh, Artemis. That was more of a fun sci-fi story. Yeah. And I felt like there was no politics involved in that, really. That was just like a you know, cool fucking moon heist story. Yeah. And I I, mean, I really dug that. And I liked those kind of stories. I'd probably read more sci-fi if it was like that. Yeah. But then again, a lot of people didn't like that. But it might have been because that's not what the they were their version of sci-fi is. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, I really liked Autumnus. I mean, I liked The Martian too, but Autumnus I was I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, the only thing I can think of is like a War of the Worlds uh, or H.G. Wells type of works. Yeah. Maybe that's what people. I don't know what the bar is for sci-fi. Or like the old um, like the I uh, the I am robot uh, Isaac Asimov. Yeah, he's like a big. You know, he has a he created like the whole robotic. Like genre of uh, sci-fi there for a while, or or like you know you, I mean this is more into the movie like movies and stuff would be like E.T. and that kind of like stuff. You know what sci-fi I'm into horror sci-fi. Well, I like horror sci-fi, but uh, like uh, Philip K. Dick. You know, uh, well, I mean, I like the I like a lot of sci-fi movies like Blade Runner, but um, 
do uh what is it electric sheep dream my and- or do androids dream, dream of, of electric sheep yeah. that's the uh like things like that i like because it's sci-fi but it, it's also cool original stories but now we like i think i mentioned earlier we we're to the point where it's hard to have those cool original stories because the ideas are already been done to death especially in genre fiction and especially now cuz you have more and more people trying to do that other than like 20 years ago, how many people do you think were trying to be writers 20 years ago even to now just with of how, how much easier it is to like, because I don't know about you, but if we still had to use typewriters, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even fucking attempt. See, here's the thing though, Spencer. I started, I'm not showing my age, I'm showing how poor I was <laughs> growing up because I'm only 32. So computers were a thing when I was growing up. We just couldn't afford one. I learned how to write, and I did my writing on a typewriter because my mom gave me one. And I even at one point had the – which I still wish I had. It was an antique typewriter, yeah. which are – they don't have the whiteout button like the newer ones did. You wouldn't know about that, Spencer. Yeah. You hit it, and it smashes white out on the fucking text, and you write over, and it's real fucking terrible. But um, <laughs> I used to write all my book reports and shit on the typewriter. Everybody was bringing it in like in eighth grade. Yeah. I'm not talking about like in elementary school. Yeah. I mean, I did then too, but like I was going into high school, and I was still writing on a typewriter – but I enjoyed that more than on a computer. I just, just wish, because of the feel and pushing the buttons. The down. feel and it gives you the same type of writing that you get when you do handwriting. But yeah. I, my handwriting sucks, and I just my hand cramps up and I lose it. But it's that uh, like Neil Gaiman. I think we talked about this on his tips episode. He write his writing process is he writes his whole story by hand first, then he types it up and he goes from there. Well, that's essentially what you're doing when you're using a typewriter. It's the same thing because there's no autocorrect. Yeah. There's no thesaurus right in front of you, no dictionary. You're just using everything from your brain. So you're more in tune to your story. So I like that aspect of it. But it's so much easier on a fucking yeah. computer, dude. Like, you don't have to worry about the grammar so much. And I'm not going to go into this too much. But Spelling. I mean, the software, it's just fucking great. But uh, there is something to be said about writing on a typewriter that unless you've done it, it it just feels good, man. It feels like that's how you're supposed to. Oh, yeah, probably. I'm just saying I probably wouldn't be able to do it on the typewriter. Just with my terrible spelling yeah. and just bad grammar and just have to refix everything all the time. It just... I'd kill so many trees. Yeah, it's not. It's not a very functional way to write. I mean, it's definitely not eco-friendly. All right, step three: inflate ego. Whoa. Ego is a critical part of writer's toolbox. Without ego, you'd succumb to the fear that the eighty to one hundred thousand words you're preparing to dump on the world may not measurably improve it. This will. Well, that's true. I mean, ego confidence. It's a, it's a line, but uh you know, you sometimes get across that to the ego side. This will only seem ridiculous if you have a tremendous ego, the kind that can look upon a work in progress crammed with the plot crammed with a lot of plot holes, opaque character motivations, and spelling errors that have dogged you since third grade <laughs> and think, hmm, not bad. Mr. Max Berry, I really wish you wouldn't have had a typo in this goddamn <laughs> thing talking about the errors from when third You know what? Maybe that was on purpose. Maybe that was to see if anybody caught. <laughs> Maybe that was see if anybody's paying attention. I will say that when I was a young lad, I fell into... Because I didn't fucking... Back then, I didn't know how to write. Nobody taught me how to write. I just learned... 
I'm probably like you. I'd learn how to write just by reading. Yeah. Like, just what I, I, whatever I read, I just kind of mimicked. I was like, okay, that's how you write. Sure. I didn't know anything about fucking plot devices and proper grammar. I didn't know anything. So, going into adulthood, when I started taking writing seriously, I found I was still making the same mistakes I was when I was in fucking middle school. <laughs> so, I've, over the last five years, have tried very hard to not, you know, undo some of those. But still, like, a lot of detail things I'll find... But that's when I, you know, learned that first draft isn't your final draft. Yeah. That's one thing. When you're a kid, you don't think beyond a first draft. Like, that's it. Yeah, that's fine. This is done. Yeah, that's what you do for homework, right? Yeah. You just write out a paper. That's good enough. No. As an adult, you go into the second draft and you're like, oh, there's those mistakes I make. And you fix them. But ego. I mean, you have to have confidence. I mean, if you think your work sucks, why are you releasing it? Let's see what he says. What works for me is telling myself that all... I don't care what works for you, guy. (laughs) I'm going to say what works for me. And what works for me is if I feel the story is strong and will speak to the reader and touch their heart, maybe, then I'm releasing it. If I think it's just trash and I'm just trying to put work out there, I'm going to be very hesitant. Yeah, because you don't want to burn that bridge anymore. once you start to get a readership of, you know, they expect a, a certain um, quality from your work, and yeah. you don't want to... Release hot garbage. Yeah, you don't want to harm that, that that trust that they've built with you. Like, now, like, throughout the couple of conventions, and we've gone to and reading a lot of um, uh, Derek Manning stuff that we, we brought him up before, and... Uh, like, to the point now where it's like, well, I see him putting something out. I'm just going gonna to pick it up. I'm going to pick Assume it up. it's going to be good. Yeah, I I know what he's capable of doing. So, he has me now. Then that, that's how you want to go about that. You know, And you can you can mess that up if you're not putting out what work. Now, the other side of that is being too critical of your work. And never put anything never out. Never put anything that's out. That's where the ego comes yeah. in. Because I've known many writers who were... And some personal friends that were into writing, but would not let me read anything. And they never released anything. Never Because even if their dream was to be a writer, they were so worried about criticism or that people wouldn't like it, that they wouldn't, they had no ego, no confidence. They just, and then, you know, obviously you had the people that are too far on the opposite end too, or just release any goddamn thing that's terrible. And they think it's the greatest thing in the world. Then when, as editor, you have to tell them, no, I'm sorry, your submission's not for us because it's not very good, yeah. but you don't say it that way. Yeah. They uh, get upset. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, McKinney? Man, it's the best thing ever. I'm going to take it on over to the New Yorker. Fuck you, drunken pen writing. Yeah, okay. Well, shut up, Max Berry. No, I'm just using <laughs> Max Berry. He never <laughs> submitted to us. Um, I will admit that I have published work that I didn't think was my best quality. Well, but especially I see early on too. Well, early on you gotta start somewhere. But that's just more of uh ignorance than anything because you just don't know it's not that good until you get an audience to tell you it's not that yeah. good. Like there's some flash fiction things and stuff where as long as I feel the idea is good and people will at least be like, Hey, I like that idea, even if the writing of it is not that well done. And for me, I'm saying writing not well done is uh not, you know, grammatical errors and all kinds of mistakes and unreadable garbage. I just could tell the story better. Like, I know I could tell the story in a better way. But as long as the, at least the idea is there, I might release like a flash fiction or something. But if it's over, even if it's over a thousand words, I'm not going to bother writing that much and not be happy with the writing. Like, that's that's yeah. nonsensical. Yeah. That's counterproductive. Why are you even writing if you're not liking it? All right. Number four. 
write novel. Oh, now we're entering yeah. unmarked territory. There are plenty of ways to do this, but all you need to know is that no technique works for everyone, and what's best for you is whatever gets you regularly putting down words and feeling good about them. This step takes three months if you are Stephen King. Yeah, it tells about Six to twelve months if you are me, and a year or two if you have a real job. Add one to ten years if you have small children. Goddamn right. Um, I know I can write a novel in three months even working a full-time job. But I know it'll take me a solid year to edit the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the different redrafts and getting everything exactly where you wanted. That is, I don't know if you've ever gotten to this, but this is what pisses me off about myself and what's kind of my detriment. If I sit down to write for 20 minutes, I'll hit the zone and I can literally write until I'm physically uncomfortable and have to stop. Yeah. So I could just knock out a 10,000 word story in one sitting if my mind's in it. My problem is. That first 20 minutes always wins almost. Yeah. Like anymore because I'm just so busy and worn out from work and stuff that that first 20 minutes is telling you, you don't want to do this, man. There's bacon in the fridge. Mm. New season of Black Mirror just dropped. Just go fucking sit and relax. Yeah. You earned it. You worked 40 hours this week. It was a hard 40 hours. There's fucking African kids out there who don't have to work 40 hours. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, it might be true if they don't have a job. But, like, I, but your mind will tell you the stupidest shit to say, just relax, baby. Just take it easy. Maybe play with your wiener a little. <laughs> Nobody's going to know. That, You're I mean, by yourself. You <laughs> might fall asleep. That's okay. Like Sometimes I just feel like my like I have a... Uh, like a mysterious size like fishbowl on my head after I get done with work. Like I'm just in this fog of like, I'm tired. I need to take a shower I'm hungry. I need to take a shit. Which order am I going to try to do these in? Wait a minute. I might just take a nap first. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a real OG, you shit in the shower, (laughs) waffle stomp it down the drain, and then take a nap while the water's falling on you. Just standing up like a horse. (laughs) Yeah. But do you have that where you just, once you actually sit down and get through that first 10 to 20 minutes of, like, you write even sometimes just a paragraph, you could hit that zone, and then your story kind of flows. See that's see that's my problem recently. I'll I'm lucky if I'll get like I'll get like two maybe three hundred words in and then like I can't I don't hit the zone. You just kind of fizzle it, out. Yeah, it just fizzles out. Like I've been trying to finish this one scene in the story for like the past week and it's just dragging your just ass to dragging. the ground. Dragging your balls through the gravel. Like it's getting to the point where I'm thinking about just taking like an extra day off work, just be like, screw it. I've actually thought about, I, we talked, I think, in the past about getting a fucking cabin in the woods or a <laughs> hotel or just, even if you're by yourself at home, is there something about like, if I'm paying money to go write, I feel like I would write better, like I would actually sit down to write. That might not be true. I don't know. I might just fucking go get a bunch of hookers and blow. I don't know. But uh, that's where Stephen King's advice of, you know, write every day and you just sit down and write for eight hours. Well, motherfucker, I do have a job, and I can't do that. And even if I can sit down to write for two hours, it's very rare that that happens for me. We've talked about this before, before too, but, like, at least with me, like, the actual act of, like, the the, the typing is, like, a difficult for me. Like, because, like, like, I'll have the idea and stuff, but, like, just getting it out there and going. Well, I've mentioned this to you before. Have you ever thought about just... Saying the story into a recorder, I've, or like yeah, your phone. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that, but then I also feel like I don't. I'm not writing it though. It doesn't feel well. What about the text 
the voice to text software. Still though, like I don't feel like I'm writing it. It's like the that But you just bitching about the new having to do the physical act of writing yeah, it. Yeah, I know, but it's like it's it's kinda like the equivalent of um of like what I feel about like audiobooks. Like you didn't read an audiobook. You listen to it. If I'm if I'm speak to touch, I did. I I I talked a novel. I didn't write a novel. I can't do the audiobooks. and it's like a because I follow uh, a horror podcast that reads horror stories. I'll listen to one every once in a while. And same with uh, sometimes I'll find a short story like Stephen King story on YouTube or something. Like when I'm like doing something boring, like stretching yeah. or like you know on the treadmill or something, I can listen to it. But like you said, I just it's not even reading, man. It's just not the same for me. Yeah. I can't. I have to fucking read that book. I'm de- I'm definitely on that line of like audible books aren't reading books. You you can't say that you read that book. Yeah. You can't put that in the red pile. I guess it's almost like being an artist or being a digital artist. I mean, granted, well, like at least as far as like the coloring goes, yeah. like you're a colorist for comics. Okay, you're doing it by hand versus doing it on the computer. It's very similar, but something is different. Like, when you can click a button and it'll, like, fill in certain areas yeah. because, you know, just gets out of the bitch work. Is that the same thing? The final product's the same. This is going straight down another whole rabbit hole. But, like, I'm a little bit more easier. Like, I'll slide a little bit more on that because there's so many different things that people do. Like, I'll watch videos of people, like, on, like, Instagram doing, like, a sped up process of, like, their stuff mm-hmm. on, like, Instagram or, you know, on, like online and stuff like that and like like that uh Caitlin Smith that the we also met at Three Rivers where I got that plum book yeah. from. I started following her on Instagram and like I was looking she had some post and like it showed her working digitally and it looks like she drew it first and then like digitally would go over it. But it's still like it looked the same but it just gave it like that that uh cleaner yeah it doesn't type to it. Looks not like the old school comics. Yeah. Alright, step four A Delete that last bit. You are stuck and unmotivated. Delete delete that last bit. I can't emphasize this enough. Delete it. I know you don't want to. I know, logically, it seems like a good idea. Delete that last bit. It's killing you. What's the last bit? Uh, we kind of rambled for a little bit. The end of the fucking story? Just the end of sentences? He doesn't explain. Maybe he doesn't. He doesn't explain. Um, I guess he... I mean, I'm all for going back and deleting unnecessary prose or unneeded sentences and stuff like that. But just saying like the end of your story, I'm going to delete it and rewrite it. I I don't know, man. I'm not sure where he's going. That could be tricky. Yeah. Step. How many step fours? I thought it was like seven, wasn't it? Wait a minute. Step four B. Guess how many step fours, but was there an editor for this fucking article? It goes, step four, write novel. Step 4A, delete that last bit. Step 4B, avoid research. And then it goes to step four, read novels. Motherfucker, that's supposed to be step five. I want to know who's the fucking Gizmodo editor, because you suck, buddy. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Ashley Hatter, what do you want? Hold on, hold on. Dick pic. Now put your wiener away, Spencer. He's not doing that. Helicopter. No, he's just saying he's down for the three-way. I mean, the uh, podcast. Okay. How's that work over the podcast? <laughs> Digital. I'm trying to get into that uh, 
what, what is it? The Sylvester Stallone digital sex, the virtual reality sex he had oh, with yeah. Sandra Bullock from Demolition Man. And it was like all terrible and all these weird sounds. He didn't like it. Step 4B, avoid research. I'm unsure whether or not doing something can be a step, but that's not important. What's important is avoiding research. I'm serious. Research is useful in two phases. The idea phase and the rewriting phase. In between, research is a stupid, boring voice that says, it doesn't work like that. You know, you know. okay, I'm getting what he's saying. Yeah. While you're actually writing the first draft of your story... It's not necessarily to get every fucking, you know, science piece or the way thrusters work or things like that down accurate. Just get the story out. I, I get that. That's, that's fine. Don't tell anyone this, though, because when they ask, did you do a lot of research? The only acceptable answer is yes. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm down with that. Yeah, because I do that in my own writing. I don't necessarily look up how, you know, like how fucking long it takes to use a knife to cut through a bone or something. Yeah. I'll do that later. Step four, supposed to be step five, we'll just, for the sake of transparency, just say step four. Read novels. I call this step four also since, oh, 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 there's a reason. Yeah. I call this step four also since it occurs in parallel. Keep reading books. Yes, their influences will seep into your writing, but what are you doing, what are you going to do? Never read again? You can say that with any kind of story. Yeah. Oh, I see what he did here with the parallel universes. He's having a parallel nonsense. I don't know. Why'd you write this article this way, guy? Fire editor, that's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, so read science fiction novels. Duh. Step five, deflate the ego. Oh, here we go. The opposite of the other one. It's fine to leave dangling threads and unrealized characters in a first draft because you're creating something from nothing. Literally anything you add is better than what you had. Plus, since you're full of ego, step three, everything you wrote is pretty damn good, you feel. This is only this is only way to finish a first draft. This is the only way, Max Barry. Use your goddamn fucking vocabulary here use, to fill out the sentences. Use your words. I write books. My name's Max Barry. But, but I don't know how to use proper spelling and grammar in my shitty article on Gizmodo. I'm going to find Max Barry on Twitter, and I'm going to yell at him and say, Hey, buddy, we were trying to give you a shout-out on the podcast. We mentioned your fucking book, and all 800,000 of our listeners are going to know that you don't know how to put proper words where they go. Remember that article you wrote, like, three years ago? No. No. Five years ago. Just wait until, like, um... And then a couple years from now, whenever some startup podcasts are going to oh, use God. our articles for ideas for their podcast. Oh, Lord help me. And, that- call, and calling us on our shit. Like, who the fuck was the editor for that <laughs> shit? Me, the guy who wrote it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. That's when you know. I'm not even going to finish. Up. I'm not even going to finish what he was writing there. You know what, Max, Barry, I get it. Deflate your ego. You know, just have the right amount of confidence. That's what I'm going to say. We, we, we touched upon that earlier in the other class. Why, what does that have to do with writing a good sci-fi story? That's just any story. I feel a lot of these are just with any story. He just used sci-fi because that's what he writes. Max Barry. <laughs> Hi, my name's Max. How you doing? I write sci-fi. We're going to get complaints. You know, we don't get as much hate mail as I thought, so that's good. Do we get any? Um, I know we've like on on articles and stuff we got some comments, but ha- other than that, have yeah, but that's usually like irritated Marvel fans. Yeah, could you didn't fucking write the way I thought it should be written? Superman's not strong enough. Superman would definitely beat the Hulk, and I know it's Marvel and he's DC, but still, <laughs> he should be in your Marvel article because he's the strongest. 
And I would bet all my money, and then 50 paragraphs later, like, all right, buddy, I didn't read it the first time. Mm. Anyway, step six, publish. This means writing 30 query letters to literary agents and responding to the one who replies asking to see some chapters. The other option is self-publishing, which is also viable if you have plenty of time and enthusiasm for self-promotion. Either way, though, the best marketing is write a good book. Do that and other people will promote it, promote it for you. That's much easier than persuading anyone to pick up a book no one much likes. Well, I guess that's what you do. Why are you writing the book if you're not going to publish it one way or the other? How do you write a good sci-fi novel, Spencer? You, you publish, publish it. it. Yeah, you, oh. just, you just put it out there. The revelations this guy's coming up with are blowing my mind. It's like he's from the future. Dun, 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 dun. Maybe that's why his fucking grammar is so shitty. Maybe the future doesn't have a strict... Maybe because the text messaging way we write now, that that's translated a little differently in the future. I don't know what I'm saying. Step seven, bask in adulation. Now the good part, where you let the praise roll in. Unfortunately, science fiction people are the most demanding readers in the world. Are they, though? Are they, though? I, I, I know what you're going to say. Yes, because they fucking point out, yes, not the way ion thrusters work. It doesn't go that fast initially. What they do is they puff out little puffs and they go, th- shut up, guy. But I would be willing to say the comic book fans are worse. Yeah, but you know, you can kind of throw them in the same. They almost go hand in hand almost. Like they, the, the things that they talk about a lot are the same kind of subject. So... I agree with that. Yeah, they both can be. But on the top side, though, like, they do complain a lot, but they also seem to consume a lot. True. So, yeah, they may complain it, but they did read it. I will say that if you're writing sci-fi, especially hard sci-fi, or even space operas, or fucking marine space story, whatever you're writing, you should probably read a lot in that genre. Because yeah. you're going to have some angry readers who point out, that's not the way to do it. But at the same time, if you're trying to be original, maybe you do your own way. You know who doesn't bitch? Old school fucking hard-boiled detective readers. Yeah. I don't ever hear them bitching about stuff. They're just happy it gets made. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, yeah, there's something that came out that has been like 10 years. Yeah. Well, that was that guy's article. I don't even know what I took away from that. I don't feel like I learned anything about creating a good science fiction book, though, that I don't already know about writing just normal fiction. Maybe that's the key. Maybe writing all fiction has the same set of principles? Seems logical. Well, horror is different. You write horror, that that's different principles. You write erotica. Maybe we should do a erotic episode. <laughs> All right. Can I get the Zap Brannigan from Futurama uh, sound clip where he's just like erotic? <laughs> I don't even remember why he's doing that. He, he like he whispered something erotic, and uh, I don't remember if it was Leela or one of the other characters couldn't hear him. He's like, "What was that?" He's like, "Erotic," and he like echoed through. <laughs> like I forget where they were the setting, but it was something like you don't want to say something weird like that. All right, what'd you take away from this, Spencer? Uh just. Like you were saying, the the key to writing a good science fiction story is just to write a good story. And At least that's my that's my advice to you. And just base it with science fiction themes. Also, we didn't really discuss the different kinds of science fiction, which I wish he would have said in that article, but I'm sure he only writes one kind, maybe. 
not all science fiction is space stories with yeah. aliens. Well, well he brought it a little bit like he said he mentioned time travel, multiple, multiple like universes. Well, that's true. I mean, but so yeah, that oh, time travel. We could do a whole different episode on how you can time fo- travel, like how you can just screw yourself with time travel. Yeah, yeah, that that would get quirky. And then we would just like in the middle of the episode, we'll just like inter some find a way to interrupt ourselves. Yeah, doing like the which I mean I'd be down because like I'm a you know I I can't say that I'm a full blown Whovian, but I do enjoy me some Doctor Who. So yeah. I've 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 partaken a lot of time travel stories. Right, right. You like the time travel? It's interesting. You know what I like? All of it. Just like a good story. Yeah. Except for, I can't get into romance. You know what? Here's our, uh, fuck, this is going to be so hard to do with our fucking reading schedules here. <laughs> We're going to throw a romance book in now? We need to read at least one book in each genre. Like the major genres. Not yeah. all these fucking weird sub-genres. We don't need like, um. We're going to read any YA. Yeah, we don't need, we don't need to listen to or read some fucking like industrial horror where it's just all about concrete and smashing your dick and stuff. Steampunk? Steampunk. We got to read one steampunk, which I tried and it was, <laughs> but that was, uh, that was like, an, I want to like a modern steampunk maybe, or at least set in kind of modern times. Can you, can you do that? Why not? I don't know. I'm, I'm not exactly sure on the steampunk rules, to be honest with you. It's just gotta be steampunky. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> you, you know what I know from steampunk? I know people who cosplay at conventions. That's, <laughs> that's my reference for steampunk for the Look, most part. We need a steampunk book, um, hard-boiled detective one, which I would like to read first. Yeah. Maybe one of those Japanese ones. I'd like to kind of yeah. do that. I'd like yeah. to do like old New York style, but also like a Japanese one. Um, Maybe we can do both and we can compare. Yeah, that'd because be like, cool. Because, like, I can't imagine, like, a lot of, like, the hard boy ones. Those aren't on, on, like, you know, super thick, dense, you know, The novels. Japanese ones might be, but I'm sure the American ones aren't. Um, yeah, but I would say that. we got to do a romance. An erotic. Erotic! <laughs> erotic one. Uh, we should The do. erotic one I'm going to make sure I buy from, like, an actual bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want... This. I would like this one, ma'am. Sir, did you bring that in? We don't sell that. Like, no, that's a Playboy. I didn't know they still made this. I like the articles. You just, like, just brought it back? Well, no, because that's all they have now. Just bring the magazine in complaining that there's no tits in the magazine anymore. Well, they got tits again. Do they got tits now? Yeah, because they just... Surprise, surprise. Playboy, like, their stock sunk real hard <laughs> when they got rid of the tits. So they brought it back. I felt like they should have went the other way and just showed more. I'm talking insides. Especially since he's not around anymore. Yeah, who's who's going to complain? Uh, we need to... Let's see. We read Planet Horror. I would say actual hard, hard sci-fi. Yeah. Like that goes into fucking details of engines and shit. That would be so really like boring. A, like Expanse level kind of. More than Expanse. I wouldn't say Expanse it would be hard sci-fi. I mean, it might be, but I'm talking like... That shit that people complain about, the physics physics aren't right. Like, the, the author doesn't write the physics right, uh-huh. and they bitch about it. Like, that kind of stuff. And then, the fuck else we gotta read? Uh, kind of... Fantasy? Um, I mean, I've read fantasy. I don't know if you have. Mm-hmm. I like to read Neil Gaiman Stardust. There you yeah. go, that's close enough. Well, no, that's a fairy story. I guess fantasy, I'm thinking like a Tolkien-type fantasy, yeah. like hard fantasy. Yeah, something... 
It's hard though to find one that's not fucking trilogy well, or more. Yeah. I think it's actually that you borrow the first magician book. It's kind of, you know, fancy and magic and stuff. I don't like magicians. Do they pull stuff out of hats? No. Well, that's that's something kind of like. No. <laughs> um, and then we have the wonderful uh, Western. Western? I would be okay with some Western. Like I would like some Western fiction. Dude, there's a lot of fucking genres out there. We should probably like research this since we're writers and all. Yeah. You know what? Instead of rambling about this, I think we'll just end the episode on that. We're going to read more. Surprise, surprise. Probably not get as much reading done. Yeah. You folks can check us out on drunkenpenwriting.com. You can hit us up at drunkpenwriting on Twitter. You can find us on ye old Facebook if you still use it. You can go to Instagram and we're not on there, but again, look at big butts and boobs galore because what else do you have it for? And on Goodreads, we have a reader group. You can go on there and talk about reading and writing maybe. Whatever else. We got like 10 members or 11 or something. I mean, you can get some conversations in. I mean, we just started that not too long ago. Like too, a week so. or two ago. Yeah. yeah. But it's a happening spot. And if you want to give us any ideas for podcasts I'd, or episode ideas that you would like to hear us talk about, you can let us know on one of those platforms because we are always looking for something. Yeah. You folks have a great day. Bye. See you.